Welcome to Let's Talk Healing. This week we are discussing consumerism gone mad. Listeners, first of all, I'd like to thank you for your time. I'd like to thank our sponsors. I'd like to thank our wonderful guests that are with us every week. I'd like to thank our producer, Don. We've got a great show for you today. There has been some things that are coming to my attention recently um, about just the general state of consumerism on the planet. I actually visited a lady's house this week where her entire closet was filled to the brink with clothes and it was spilling out everywhere. And I thought that this was such a great opportunity to speak to the person this show is dedicated to every week, Atana, about what is going on with this. Um, if you're not familiar with Atana's work, the best way to find him is to Google him or to look at his website, which is atanamethod.com. He is a master energy healer, an incredible teacher, a musician, an author. He runs crystal stores and just generally he's a great guy. So we're going to welcome Atana now and we're going to discuss this topic. Hello, Atana. Hello, wonderful being. Hello, wonderful listeners. BBS Radio, Carol, and wonderful Seva, and Anna, big, big hugs to you. We are so, so grateful to have you here from Australia connected and supporting us with this beautiful topic and the support and the healing work we're all doing here. Thank you so much for being part of this whole collective healing work that we're doing. Yay. So, Tana, this week I visited a lady's house, and I was actually stunned. I walked into the house. She had three daughters, so and no partner. But her closet was, and her closet was enormous. It was busting from the seams. There was handbags spilling out of that cupboard that still had tickets on it. And then downstairs, there was two living rooms: one a formal living room and another, like more of a casual. She'd taken over the whole formal living room, and there were racks of clothing in there, some of which still had never been worn. And I looked around. I thought, this is madness. There's just too much con- consumption of clothing and garments. And then I read some statistics where 75% of all garments manufactured end up in landfill. And um, H&M has just reported that they're sitting on top, on top of $4 billion worth of unsold garments. Not, not quite sure whether they're going to burn them or bury them or what they're going to do with them. And I really wanted to talk to you about this topic because it affects all of us. We are buying more clothes and more things than ever before. The world is in a in a very interesting period. And I want to discuss with you why is this happening on an energetic level and what can we do to become mindful and aware to stop it? That's, that's a very good question and it's a very, very good topic of, of today's show um, because partially when we look at the availability and the readily availability and even having the production for it and having that completed, it's such a wonderful expression of abundance and prosperity. But at the same time, of course, we are also having to face the idea of not being complete. And if we have this specific item, that we feel better. A lot of the clothing and clothing industry, what they are really preying on is that people just don't feel good in their own skin. And when we have something that we're cloaking ourselves often, we feel like we are basically being better 
received or we are basically feeling better about ourselves. But also a lot of that is also a status symbol. If you really look at what clothing symbolizes throughout the ages, it's like people are also like, um, you know, clothing making people, clothing making positions, because often we are judging people in what they clothing themselves in and what clothes they're wearing. And so we can, and since the ages, uh, look at the, even the uh, Roman emperors, when they were the purple robe, they were very clearly distinguished as this is the emperor. Or look like into China, where only the emperor was allowed to wear yellow. Not even anybody had the right to have yellow flowers. It's like insanity. And so only only one family, only one power uh, control basically went into having this form of expression. And just think about the form of silk, uh, the clothing made out of silk. And also how the exploitation is happening where we put into production of clothing into these countries that are not consciously aware and that are economically and even having ecological um, imbalances because of the production, because of the paint and the color that's involved in even um, creating this clothing and the dyes that are involved. Um, and often they're being basically dumped into the rivers because they don't have really pollution control in the third uh, world countries. And so we are basically looking at exploitation on the, on the deepest and highest level. That's a form of slavery that's still happening. And also where there is an, an up, a margin that's going into the upsell of a lot of these things. Um, look, they're being produced for less than 50 cents in um, third world countries, and they're being sold for 50 to $500. You know, and you have to look at the margin, the wind margin that's being uh, made upon that. And a lot of the bigger uh, clothing companies that are being now recognized as really exploiting um, third world countries and, and people in, in, their, in their workforce. And uh, it makes now much more sense when we, when we actually becoming more sensitive energetically in what we are wearing. Just think about the clothing that has been produced by somebody who is actually suffering, who is slowly being poisoned by the dyes, and who is, who is not happy, who is basically damning the clothing that they're cre- creating. You don't even want to wear clothes like that's not being blessed. And think mm. about it, that's being then shipped to uh, the so-called Western worlds, you know, to, uh, to our, our so-called industrial high-level um, countries. And they're being, they're being sold to us as, look, this is a, this is a great fabric. Often the fabric is it's not organic. The clothing is not organic. The energy that went into it is uh, slavery and suffering. And the dyes are even toxic. I mean, there's, there's, um, there is dyes in a lot of our clothing that just wearing it is cancerous. And we, we mm. just like, oh, as long as it looks great and we have, we're making this one moment of impression, we feel like this is worth it. And we get a kick out of it, too. A lot of us, mm. like, 
just think about it. When we when we wear something that are inspires everybody in the room, um, I I personally would kind of feel like uh, yeah, I don't want to be judged for my clothing as much as for my heart or for who I am. But you know, it's not it's not hurting you when you wear something that is has less suffering that is consciously being produced and that you wear happily. It has just a better aura. Mm. And just in, just in terms of that energetic uh, karma, I want to talk a little bit more about that because I don't think that that's discussed a lot. I think, um, I think people know that a lot of these garments are made in um, countries where people are, are paid less than 50 cents a day, um, but I don't think that people understand a lot about that karmic aspect to it. Can you just talk a little bit more about how that works, please? Yes. Think about somebody, basically. Here's the here's thing, what you, what you want to look at. Think about when you eat something, when you eat probably compared to meat that's being produced into these on these farms where the chickens or... Um, or the cows, or the meat production was just inhumane, where it's just not really healthy, it's it's not conscious, and um, it's basically just being um, considered uh, meat, dead meat. And we all know our pets, we love our pets, and we could never eat our pets, but it's not much different, you know, if we would now put our pets out there and let them suffer than if we let other animals suffer. Now, once we get aware of that, and a lot of people I know, it's not a popular thought. Um, Think about slavery, when people have to do the work and they really don't want to do it. And a lot of the people in India, they found out where all these buildings collapsing, they actually put the people in these rooms uh, thousands of people in these lofts where they have these heavy uh, machinery and they actually don't let them take a break. They cannot go to the restroom. They have to do production. It's totally inhumane how the people have to produce these garments. And the managers of these people, they get, they get, their, um, they get their raise and they get their, their share of it, but they're exploiting the people who are actually producing it. So that's an energy right? So now they cannot go use the bathroom. They cannot have a break. They have to do production. They're constantly afraid. There's stress in that, in the, in these garments. Now, some people feed off that energy. Some people say they love that somebody else suffered for them. That's like they exploit that. And some people feel really good about this, that they have power over other people, and they enjoy that. And some people, they feel this, and it's like disturbing. And they say, no, I rather like have a balanced, loving environment where the people who create my food or my um, uh, my clothes, they they have actually a nice uh, life, and that energy is just better. You can you can sense if that's like a negative energy or a positive energy, you know. And often we have such we're such in an evolved state of of of. Um, production of material, that the production material is such a space age, it kind of covers it. It's such a, a high-tech 
uh, development that is so high in a frequency that it looks like um, it looks so shiny that um, it cannot. You don't even have to iron it anymore. You you know this this space age is so evolved in creating these garments in and um, creating these uh, um, these wools and and these um, combinations that they look like they're coming just out of the press and they don't even hold on to nothing else. But the production energy is still involved in that. Think about when uh, people uh, would have had to do build the roads in the past and they really didn't want to. They didn't put the best energy into it. You want to have just the best energy in everything you do. Think about when you do something and you don't want to do it. Everything goes wrong. It doesn't feel right. It's negative energy in it. You're happy when you're done with it. And you really don't want to be there in the first place. And now think about something that you love to do. It shines. It sparks. It has light in it. Uh, Versus when when there's something you don't want to do. You do it against your will. And it's heavy. It's dark. It's dense. There's no light in it. And that's the difference. And you can add that light later into it when you wear it, or you can pay for it through your own energy. When you basically Mm. wear the garment, you're basically connected to that person because that person created some valuable materials for you that that, uh, protect you against rain and wind and snow. And so that person is considered like a, a wise being, almost like a mother figure to you, because it protects you. And then so in exchange, you're basically not giving your share to that person. So energetically, that balance is probably going to take place where you feel drained when you're wearing it and you don't even know why. Well, it's a really interesting level because I don't think that this is discussed enough. Um, I know it's discussed with things like eating meat, but I've rarely heard it discussed with things like garments and clothing and even the furniture you're sitting on, I guess, or, um, you know, the, the um, things that you have that you buy around the kitchen, all of that um, means that there's a sense of energy within your home. So I'd really like to also, we're going to have to go to a commercial break now, but I'd also like to come back and talk about the addiction side that drives us in terms of this drive to purchase, this massive drive to just consume and consume and consume, because that's also something that I think um, is worth talking about on an energy level. So stay with us, listeners. We're going to come back with one of our amazing guests. And thank you, Atana, for those words of wisdom. We'll be right back. You're welcome. Oh, 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Healing. I am your host, Anna, and today we are discussing consumerism gone crazy, this world that we're living in. We own more things today than than people on the planet have ever owned before. We are living in a fast fashion society, fast consumerism society, and it's hurting our planet, planet. So we are discussing with these amazing energy healers today on a partner's show about the energy impact and, and why consuming this way can be not great for us as well as the planet. We've got a, a, a couple of guests with us today. We have the amazing Sabre. We're going to talk to her first. Hello, Sabre. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all good. I'm all good. I know this topic fires you up. Oh, I just I just wanted to hear you laugh. I needed a good laugh today, and uh, Saber is ready to let loose on the truth, girl. Woo! All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you? Are you feeling great? I'm feeling wonderful. I'm having a uh, interesting past couple of days because of that moon we had, but um, because of who I am and what I've learned in the past couple of years, I'm skating through it beautifully, and so I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful to be talking to you today. Um, this is a topic that I hold dear to my heart, consumerism and hoarding and keeping too many things around us because we think it's protecting us and loving us, but it's hurting us so badly. Um, and I would like to start with a with a story. Is that okay with you, Miss Anna? Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay. Okay. So I went to a furniture store, and this was almost gosh, seven or eight years ago, and my husband and I, we were moving into a new home that was considerably larger than the one we were in, and we were having to fill it with stuff, right? And so I'm looking around the store, and I see things that I like, and I see things that are okay, but then my eyes start to feel, like, itchy, and I start to see, like, these auras around the items that they're selling, and some had, like, these weird web things around them, some had these different colors around them. And what I didn't know back then is that these inanimate objects, at some point, somebody used energy on the grid to create it, put their energy into it as it's being made, and then as it's being shipped to the store or the manufacturer, whatever, energy is being picked up, and then energy is being sent to your home. And so all of those People, places, and things that you don't know are now sitting in your bedroom, right next to you every night before you go to sleep. And it's if you really start to think about it, how many things around your house, from like faucets to cabinets to flooring, we're not even talking about the furniture, the way your house was made, what kind of insulation did you put in there? Everything in your house or your home or your apartment or your townhome, or your condo, whatever it is, your RV has an energy and it's going out and it's affecting you. Now, yes, some things are made in beautiful hands by beautiful people under beautiful circumstances. But we know right now on this planet that is most often not 
the case. So what do we do? Okay. What do we do about this? And I believe that the first step is not just to get rid of everything, right? Because that would be wasteful too, right? You got all this stuff and then you're just going to throw it all out, right? So first, you just start to look around and what is this thing? What is this tchotchke sitting here, right? What is this thing? Why did I buy this, right? And does it make me happy? When I look at it, does it make me happy? No, then donate it, right? And most of us can, can sell things, um, and I've done that as well, making good penny, selling things that I, I didn't want around my house, emitting energy and affecting me anymore. And I couldn't believe how many things um, I had in my house because it had a story per se, like this weird story. I would say, oh, well, you know, we found that when we were on a trip and the kids were laughing and this. And I'm like, what the hell? It's just a bowl. You know what I mean? It's a bowl you put fruit in. My kids and their laughter is more important than this stupid bowl, right? Bowl's gone, right? And now I get to have a clean space there, a space that was taking up almost like a worrying that I wouldn't be able to see my kids laugh again. I'm like holding on to this bowl, um, and that's not true. So it's almost like it's, it's got this weird story. It's affecting you um, 24-7, and you don't even know it. Um, so just so many things that we compound ourselves with, and, and, and as Atana was saying, with the clothes, I mean, we do this all the time because we think if we, we look good, it's, everything's on the outside. If we look good on the outside, then everyone will think everything is good on the inside and there's nothing wrong and she's perfect and she's wonderful and she's rich and she's happy. And all it is is a freaking Band-Aid. That's what it is. And most people are buying these things on credit. They can't even afford it. So now they're looking at these things on top of all the energy that's already started when it came into your existence, and then you're adding onto it even more disruptiveness and sadness and agony over an inanimate object. Um, so please do the clear. Do the clear, everybody. Yeah. Yes. It's, um, that, that point in terms of the credit is, is actually really important because there is such high credit debt. Um, where people are then struggling to even pay for all this stuff that they just don't even need. And to me, it seems like a, a sense of madness, you know, yeah. like we're, we're earning money to pay for things that we, we can't possibly even use, like, you know, things sit in our cupboards. We're not even using them. What is that energy? I'm interested in that as well. Like, how did that even come about? Well, I don't want to blame it all on the media and, you know, the ads and because and we have to be accountable because we're not victims. But it is very difficult for someone, let's just say, who has an addictive personality, right? And this person is shown this hot, sexy girl or this hot, sexy woman on a couch. And if you own this couch, you get this woman too and you get this life and you get this sexy life and, you know, and it just, it just preys upon people's weaknesses, right? And they know there's a, there's a section of people out there that are looking for that sexy life and that sexy couch. And we could do, they have meetings and meetings and meetings upon who can we get next, 
You know, let's work on the old people now. Let's work on the young people. Let's work on this person, that person. They do, they do this um, with, with specificity in mind. And so when somebody sees this, they think it's real, right? And they don't realize that they don't need to do those things to create this life that they want to live. Um, and they can have it for a moment, you know, the moment that truck comes and these big sweaty guys come and unload those couches and it's sitting there in the, uh, like the paper, you know, and this guy is thinking, what the hell did I do? I maxed out my uh, credit card so I could have a sexy life and this doesn't look so sexy. You know what I mean? Like, not very cool at all. So it's just this. <laughs> it's true. It's so not true. Sexy. <laughs> not sexy and no chick with it. No, no good looking goddess with it. And, and I, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. I've done this with clothes. Um, I'm thinking I got to have this because if I don't, I'm not going to do good or I'm not going to look good. And, um, and when I, when I get it home, it just doesn't look good on me. It doesn't feel good on me. I bought it all for the wrong reasons. And, and I'm just going to say this really quick because I've kind of been on both spectrums of this, of this uh, topic here. I love design. I believe design is art. And so when someone designs a beautiful dress, it's art. And someone designs a beautiful couch, it's art. But you don't have to have 10 of them. You don't have to have 30 dresses. You know what I'm saying? You can have one special dress that you love and adore, and it's okay if you wear it three or four times or 10 times or whatever because you love it and it loves you. But just not to, like, I hate to, like, you know, hark on this whole thing and not forget, like, the artists that create these things and these people are trying to make businesses out of it too, you know? And so you kind of think, well, where is the balance in between? right? Can we support this beautiful art without going over the edge? And the answer is yes, but there has to be a huge reconstruction and a review of start to finish of how we create, how we view, how we interact with this whole experience. And that's why I've been wanting to build this, this love community forever, because I want to design a home that doesn't have all of that stuff in it. You know, it feels homey and quaint and sexy and beautiful, but it doesn't have all the things in it that hurt us. And I pray mm. every day that that'll come into manifestation because we need it. We need people like that doing it. Um, so if there's anyone else having these kinds of thoughts, please keep going with it because everybody that makes a difference helps every single one of us, helps every animal on this planet, helps everyone. Um, and so thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Let me talk about that. I'm just so <laughs> passionate about, oh, my gosh. I, I, I would love to start breaking ground on it tomorrow, you know. So <laughs> it's just amazing. You know, Saber, um, this problem of this mass consumerism also, that energy of that, because Atana, Atana, you all will speak, it's all the oneness, right? It's all the oneness. So from that oneness comes solutions, and there are, couple of girls, a couple of sisters in America that have started this incredible company because um, this new millennials, they never want to be seen and worn in the same outfits, right? And a lot of that is driven this mass consumerism, which is a real issue. Um, and these two sisters mm-hmm. have started up this great business where 
um, they're honoring these beautiful creative designers and artists. Um, and what you can do is you can basically rent the garments. So you can rent them and you can wear them once and you can return them. And so multiple people can use these garments and they can have multiple lives. Um, but no one's actually owning anything. And it's called Rent the Runway. And I, you know, when I saw that, I thought there is a great energy that has been born and a great solution that's been born out of this problem. And yeah. that was really inspiring to me. That's me exciting. Too. Yeah, isn't that exciting? It sounds like the typical millennial solution. I love it. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Say, I don't want to deal with this, but I want to Anyway, we're going to go to a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss this topic more. Consumerism gone mad. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Let's Talk Healing. I'm your host, Anna. If you like anything that you've been hearing today and you want to find out more about Atana's work, the easiest way is just to Google him to find out about all of his offerings. And Atana has a lot of offerings. He's got chanting. He's got music. He's got podcasts. He's got one month. He's got books. He's got crystal stores. He's got... Social media channels galore. Atana is incredibly generous, but he makes himself so accessible to people. And that is one of the reasons why I love working with him. And I have learned his work, the Atana Method, it's a specific teaching modality, because it is easy to learn and then you have access to him. So you can follow it up, you can embed it, you can ingrain it into your speech, into your habits, into your day. And I'm just an ordinary person interviewing these incredible energy healers. So I can honestly say if I can learn it, so can you. And it makes a huge impact in your life. So today we have been discussing the topic of consumerism gone mad. And I was saying that I visited a woman's house this week that was just groaning in uh, clothing and possessions that she really couldn't have used. And when I was there, I, I noticed that I just felt this emptiness for her and I just thought this is a, a 
sadness here that um, as well. And I'd like to talk to you about that, Carol, this aspect of the emptiness for people that they're trying to fill. So we have you, we have Carol today, everybody, she's a Tana Method practitioner. And welcome, Carol. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. So, yes, we, you know, I've been listening to this and, and understanding, uh, you know, this consumerism talk, but it, I feel to look also at the pain of the people that are being driven, you know, like they're feeling the need for this. Why are they feeling the need? Where is that coming from? And it occurs to me that, uh, you know, a lot of people were told from early on that they would not be worthy. And and so there's a part of us that then, like, strives to find that worthiness, you know, like, if I do, if I wear, like you guys were saying, if I wear this, will I be worthy? If I, you know, what if I wear this? Um, you know, we also, we get comfortable in our skin, right? Like if, if we are going to work and having to do a job we don't want to do and we're in that form of enslavement and then there's, all the bills and kids and life and busyness and all of that is heavy. You know, a lot of a lot of stuff we're carrying around on our shoulders. It just becomes life, right? It's like, well, this is this is life, and then it's like all we know, so we get comfortable with that. We, as we say, we get comfortable in our stagnation. So, people want to, I, I see that, and I know that from my past experience, that sometimes, uh, <laughs> we've probably all have heard the, the phrase retail therapy, right? So I can remember times when I would be feeling, you know, like maybe just really isolated or lonely, and I would go, I, I I would go, I'm not like a big mall shopper, but I would go like to my favorite store and maybe buy like one piece of something. And uh, because I used to back in the day, you know, like be in this lack thinking like, well, I couldn't just go by the store, right? But if I go by one top or something like that, I would feel better. And I was thinking like, why is that? What is in that that? Why, why did I feel better when I did that? And I, I think it's like a real, um, a, a whole web of, of reasons why, you know, I was feeling lonely. So I went to a store and there was other people around. And it just naturally occurs that you smile, people smile at you. You know, you're walking by somebody, they smile at you, and there's a connection there. And then if there's an underlying drive of, Will I feel better if I wear this? Will people look at this and then compliment me and say, you look nice in that? And and so it's that underlying striving to feel worthy and not understanding that, I, as Atana says, that I'm already pre-approved. <laughs> you know, it's so 
So when clients Yeah, I come, like that pre-approved mentality. Yeah, that's good. You know, that always I'm makes me feel better. I'm pre-approved. <laughs> a famous Atana wisdom. You know, you're pre-approved. You're pre-qualified. <laughs> and, but when we don't know that yet, we, we try to find it in all, you know, any place that we can. And um, so we search for it and we find the things that work for us. You know, but the other thing that occurred to me when Atana was talking about the using the meat as an example and the enslavement as an example, like if, if you're doing that, like doing that life that I described, if you're going to a job you're not really happy about and you've got all these burdens, then it occurs to me that you might then be like relating to the energy in the garments or in the things that you're buying and producing. You know, it's like if you're feeling enslaved or depressed or angry, and that's the energy around that, that thing that you're buying, then you might be like, oh, I recognize this. <laughs> okay, and so we go back to the being comfortable in our stagnation. You know, it's like, oh, well, I'll have more of this then. You know, and then without even knowing it, we're adding to... Um, the dysfunctional energies that are already, you know, swirling about us. Yeah, right. That's really interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't considered that, Carol, uh, either. You know, that's a very interesting thing because, so just for the listeners, I'm just going to restate what Carol just said. Relating to the energy in that means that um, uh, you might even subconsciously not be aware that a, a certain item has a set sense of energy, but you feel better or more comfortable with yourself when you when it matches your own energy. Is that what you're saying, Carol? Yes, you know, and so that's yeah, that's right. And you because misery loves company really is what comes to me with yeah. that, right? So uh so that's why the thing to do is to start tuning into your unlimitedness to your to the oneness so that you can grow out of that tightness of the enslavement and the the depression and the anger of you know of life like that. So when you start connecting to your heart and start understanding that in that connection that you have with your heart and through into um, the oneness, that you can start to expand out of this and you can begin to realize that you're bigger than you think you are that you have more power than you think you do and that you don't need that thing to help you feel like you have more power or to help you feel like you have more love that you can find it within yourself You know, just on that, I became aware of my own behavior uh, recently where I, I used shopping and that consumer behavior to distract myself. And actually, mm-hmm. it was quite a useful technique at that particular moment. You know, I I was struggling with something and really that was an opportunity to sit with that and transform it, yet I ran away from it. And I, I really think that a lot of us are distracting ourselves as well with that 
behaviour of, you know, endless online shopping, buying things? What are we distracting ourselves from? Yeah, well, that's it exactly. And, and that is the perfect question. What are you distracting yourself from? And is it, is it that you're distracting yourself from your pain? Or is it that you're distracting yourself from the knowing that there's more and the work that, that's going to be required to focus on that and make the shift towards that? You know, because it's mm. like, you see what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, which are you distracting, or distracting yourself from? Maybe it's both. And so then you just mm. stay in a limbo of going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And you just go buy more. Well, that is you know? very so, true. <laughs> so that then is you just go buy true, more to Carol. distract yourself more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is very true. Um, and I think that is where the opportunity really comes in to use this week, uh, this work. And it's also about having to be mindful of, of that feeling um, because so, so many of us are so used to pushing these feelings away and, and we are really pushing away opportunities for our limited, for our unlimited growth, as Atana says. Atana did a beautiful one month. For anybody that doesn't know what a one month is, it is a led or I would best describe it as a very, very deep transformational meditation that is led by Atana. And this week in that one month, you can find it on his website. Um, it's a donation-based I do it every week. It's like my, I, I describe it as my my refresher. It's, it's fantastic. It's like drinking a big, tall glass of cool, homemade lemonade it just makes you feel great <laughs> um but in that one moment Atana was talking about connecting to the energy of I can you know I can find the solution um and I, and that you already have the solution you're able to do that and I think at that point when you want to distract or don't have the answer or can't see the outcome is to really tune into that I can I can. I'm an unlimited energy being. But to get to that place, often we need to do a lot of groundwork. And that's part of practicing the Atana method technique or going to a practitioner like you, Carol or Atana or Saber, somebody that can help start to teach us how to become our own healers. Exactly. And, you know, and, and so back in the day when, you know, when I was working, struggling with that um, before I met Atana. And now, now people have those tools that he's given us, you know, at their disposal. So when that urge comes to, like, go do retail therapy, you know, just um, download a one-minute or, you know, go on YouTube and watch one of Atana's YouTube videos. And that, I bet that, I bet that urge goes away. Mm. We can all do with less. Anyway, thank you, Carol. It's been beautiful talking to you. We're going to take a, a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about this topic a little bit more. Stay tuned. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, my God. 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Healing. I'm your host, Anna. Today we have been discussing consumerism and consumerism that's gone haywire in our, in our planet. And just on that topic of the planet, what we do with the Atana Method is healing ourselves, but a, also a large aspect of the, the work is also healing the planet. And Atana, I just wanted to speak with you a little bit more about that because the actions that people are taking to consume are, are hurting the planet. And there is a, is a millennial movement where people are not wanting to own as many things. They are becoming more conscious of what they're purchasing. Um, yet so much damage has already been done. And I'd like to just talk to you a little bit about how does energy work on this particular topic, how can people be working with the energy to, to start to heal the earth? Well, first of all, when we are exploiting the earth for these dysfunctional behaviors and this consumerism, um, we have to we have to know that there is a uh, artificial need, an addiction behind that. Um, first, it would be good to, of course get to the core of where that deficiency comes from. Because if we feel enough, if we feel worthy, if we feel beautiful from the inside, we can wear about anything and we will shine through and we will we will truly become brilliant through our eyes, to the shine, to the sparkle in our eyes. What I'm sure soon there's going to be product that's going to be sold or you're just going to drip some lemon juice in your eyes and, and get sparkly eyes. But <laughs> when you go, <laughs> when you get to a place where from, you're shining from the inside out and you're getting to this place where you are realizing that you are enough, that enough, that prosperity consciousness, not being abused in itself, stationed or distributed on the planet will already start the healing process for Mother Earth. At the end of the day, everything is going to be still detectable. Regardless regardless of what we are trying to destroy, there's always going to be something of it that's still available. Even in the air, we could probably measure it. Um, even if we want to create or uncreate something, we are basically dealing with cycles of uh, seasons, uh, of processes that are happening on this planet. And if we, if we look at the planet, at this galaxy, everything is happening by rotation. Everything is like even the recycle is a cycle. And it's a movement from starting uh, to the end and then a reutilization and then redistribution of that. And once we are realizing that what we really need is more an, an inside frequency, an emotional need, more than a physical need, then we can actually put it into the right perspective. We thinking that an emotional void can be filled with a physical presence. And that's already the imbalance or the confusion. When we go back to the Beatles songs and we go back to All You Need Is Love, and we go to that main frequency, 
what is the main intention of us really buying all this stuff is because we want to feel loved. We want to feel approval. And unless we have this approval in ourselves, until we, unless we have that love, that self-love for ourselves, it's interesting to create it outside artificially, but it's only there for a fleeting moment. So, and then we have to replace it. So we're trying to fix something with a Band-Aid when we actually have to go and we have to dig deeper to get the shrapnel out of the system. And we're trying to put a Band-Aid on where the shrapnel is sunk deep into the flesh. Instead of us going and removing the shrapnel, the illusion that we are not enough, the illusion that we are not lovable, the illusion that we don't have any approval. That is, in the first place, the manipulation that's already happened to our minds. We are constantly bombarded with, we are not enough unless we have this. And that's already the illusion. The media, the mass media uh, manipulation is happening con constantly, 24-7. If you don't have this tool, if you don't have that toy, if you don't have that car, if you don't have that garment, if you don't have these shoes, you're not part of society. And specifically the upper level or middle class of society where you're being acceptable, where you're not sticking out like a sore thumb. Uh, let me give you an insight. You're sticking out like a sore thumb. Uh, some anyway, because why? You're waking up. You're not like the others. You cannot be covering and veiling yourself up and being invisible in your awakening process. And every listener right now, you are in your awakening process. Love it or hate it, or love it a whole lot, because you are moving forward in your evolution. You're moving forward in becoming more conscious. You're becoming more aware. And guess what? You're feeling more. You're becoming more human. Congratulations. You're actually here for what you came here and what you wanted to experience and what you need to do here. You need to be participating and become actually a human being that feels, that becomes actually sensitive enough to feel and to sense all of these experiences that we are going through. So get to this place where you don't have to fit in. The less you fit in, the more you can actually help society evolve. Most of society mm. is stuck. Mm. <clears throat> it's very true. You know, really, uh, yes, we're all stuck in the same mold. And so to move out that outside of that is where the answers are. I love that um, phrase, Tani, from Einstein, you can't solve a problem at the same level of a problem. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you have to move outside that. We all need to. Yeah. We all need to think bigger. You know, I, I've had this really interesting experience happen to me recently, and, and the more I do this work, it actually comes true. You know, I, I don't feel like consuming vast amounts of food anymore, and not that I ever did, but I feel like eating less, and the food that I eat, I feel like eating very clean food, and I don't actually want a lot of things, and. Um, gone are the days where I'm really even that interested in buying heaps of stuff for my house. I actually want a clean, clear house where things are very organized and super minimalist because I actually want that space. That space to me is far more valuable than anything I own. Um, that clarity of mind, that peacefulness, I, that is never going to be filled with some sort of object. And it's, it's just an interesting 
experience I have I have been that's been growing in my life since I have been doing this work. Beautiful, you're making it happen. Yeah. How you know? And yeah. how nice how nice it is when we get to this place where we don't have to fulfill the need of being in a certain form or norm, true form. Um, and and that's really something where you have to become a trailblazer. Where you have to. You are the trendsetter. Look at all the trends, the new trends that are coming in. They actually have been set by people, many of them, I should say, are done artificially by corporations, how we should and what we should wear. But a lot of that is how people who were trendsetters, who did not have anything to do with fashion, actually, even artists that just wore these pants when they were painting. And now everybody has like jeans with splashes uh, of paint on them. You know, just just think about it. even like the Levi's, the stonewashed. Uh, you know, you wouldn't even dare to go outside thinking there's holes in your in your jeans. But what people think. And now, if you don't have some holes in your jeans, you're not even fashionable anymore. <laughs> That is very true. Those holy jeans, those holy jeans that you pay a lot of money for, they're super fashionable. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Wasn't like stonewashed in like the 80s a ton? Maybe we need to get you some new jeans, maybe. Yeah, I need some new jeans. <laughs> well, that was like think about the one. Like but now, okay, era. now there's holes in it. Now there's like scissor wash. <laughs> that was called acid wash, but you were talking about stone wash, and that's like stone age, dude, okay? Come on. All right, so, okay, well, acid wash was in the 70s. That's where people left the acid in their jeans. <laughs> Very, very <laughs> funny. I love it. We gotta, we gotta get some um, a ton of some fashion tips. <laughs> oh my goodness! You need to go do some retail therapy, Atana. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely need to go shopping. I hear you. <laughs> so before we would finish up soon, unfortunately, but I just wanted to ask you, Atana, what is going on in your world? Do you, is there any classes? What's happening at the crystal store? Yes. What is unfolding? Uh, beautiful things unfolding. I'm thinking of getting a bigger rose quartz for Nashville. We have already a couple of big ones here, but I'm thinking about a 3,000-pound rose quartz so that we, that we can set finally a heart center awakening in Nashville and Tennessee. And then we have classes going on, the crystal um, classes and meditations that are taking uh, place Fridays, 7 p.m. And now Tuesday. So what, what, sorry, just, um, just what to our listeners, Atana, what are those What are those meditations? Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, there are meditations where I support people to know more about the stones and start meditating with it and starting to do energy work with them. And then also we, um, I lead this to a guided meditation then later on into where people get familiarized with the stone and how to work with the stone. Great. And that's happening Friday at 7 p.m. here in Berry Hill and um, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. in the Nashville Crystal Store East. And I know Carol has a class coming up soon for the Energy Healing uh, Class Level 1. That's coming up. When is that, uh, Carol? March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Yes. 
Okay, so people can sign up and still um, get into it where they can take the online course and then sign up um, and then be still signed up with you too, uh, where they can get into the full spectrum activation of the Atana method. So that's going on. And then we have, of course, every third Saturday we just had last week, actually, we had the energy healing clinics where people can come from all walks of life and jump in and get free energy work done. Wow, that's a very, very generous offering from you, um, healing practitioners. So, and free fashion advice. And free fashion advice from Atana. Well, from you, we're going to have you here next time. <laughs> Are you going to an 80s party? All right. Well, stop by here and we're going to set you up. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, listeners, we are going to have to bring this show to a close. If you want to find out more about Atana's work, as I said, just Google him or get onto his website, atanamethod.com. You will find all the information there. Um, Saber, I'm going to come to you quickly to say goodbye to our listeners. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. I love you. Your favorite outfit of mine on you is your birthday suit. So just remember that you're beautiful from the inside out and just can't wait to see how you change the planet each and every day. I love you and I love my radio team. Thank you so much for listening today. Beautiful. Carol, over to you. I want our listeners to know that I love you, know that you are loved, and breathe and find your heart. Connect to your heart and just Consider for a moment just how beautiful you really are. Mm, that's gorgeous. Thank you, Carol. And Atana, we are going to let you roll it out this afternoon. All right. After I get my tennis socks from Saber, I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> 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 the white ones with the two stripes, you know, that you pull out <laughs> over the jeans. You're riding the bicycle. Remember the pom-pom ones where they had the little pom-pom on the back? Yeah, and a fanny pack. And a fanny pack, and you find me at the beach. Well, everybody have a wonderful, (laughs) wonderful week. We love you guys and girls and beautiful beings and angel beings and fashionable and unfashionable beings. We love you anyway. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to our show. Thank you to our sponsors, our producer. We will all see you next week, so stay tuned.